You're listening to Ari's Snapshot with Steve. We'll be delving into some of the nitty-gritty of the science behind Ari Insight and the papers released by Ari Researchers. I'm sitting with Steve Powell, who is the director of ARI, and we're just doing a new podcast, which is just going to look at the overview of some of the ARI insights which are coming up and some of the past ones we've published. And today we're going to be looking at low-dose phenoxie resistance. Steve, would you be able to just give me a brief overview of the paper and what the findings were? Yes, this study was conducted by Michael Ashworth. Now, Michael Ashworth is currently a research fellow in ARI, but he only recently, a year or so ago, completed his PhD, and he did his PhD here in ARI at the University of Western Australia on wild radish. And one of the things that he examined was the effect of continually selecting wild radish with low rates of the widely used herbicide 2,4-D. The idea was, uh, what is the damaging effect terms of resistance evolution of using low rates we've shown this for other herbicides he wanted to see what would happen if we used low rates of 2,4-D persistently on a population of initially 2,4-D susceptible wild radish the core message from this paper was to keep the rates up can you explain why that's the case on a more scientific level well what Michael Ashworth did was he took a completely susceptible to herbicide wild radish population and he selected it for four times so that's once per year for four years with a low rate a rate that gave about 50 or 60 percent kill of wild radish of the herbicide 2,4-D. Now farmers are very familiar with 2,4-D it's been widely used in Australia and around the world to kill broadleaf weeds like wild radish but because it's not all that selective at certain growth stages of wheat for example you can't use uh, high rates or you can't use the herbicide so uh, we wanted to examine what would be the effect of continually selecting it with low rates and what he found in a nutshell was that after four generations so four years in which four selections occurred with 2,4-D that this population of wild radish was resistant to 2,4-D and the core message of that is never cut the rate. It is evidence that we've now obtained with ryegrass for several different herbicides and now with wild radish and 2,4-D. The bottom line for farmers, agronomists and those that use herbicides is always use the full label rate. So when people are using those low rates, how does the resistance actually occur? What's happening in the plant which causes that to be not a good way to go with the low rates? Well, when you use a low rate of herbicide, it kills the most susceptible plants in the population that's targeted, but quite a few are not killed. Now, why do they survive? They survive because they have genetic traits that enable them to survive that low rate of herbicide. If you use the full label rate, then the great, great majority of the population, providing you sprayed at the right growth stage with uh, everything being right, the great, great majority of the population will be killed by the herbicide. But if you spray at a low rate, the substantial numbers of survivors, because they've got some gene traits that enable them to survive 
low rates. And with cross-pollinated species like wild radish, those survivors cross with each other and over time, three or four generations, you get an accumulation of those gene traits so that collectively the individuals now can survive the herbicide and they are effectively resistant because you've accumulated these various gene traits enabling them to survive. If you use herbicide at the full label rate, then you give the best chance. So we always say use the herbicide when you use it at the full label rate and rotate and diversify as much as possible so you don't over-rely on the herbicide. But when you use a herbicide, make sure you do a good job with it. Use it on the right growth stage under good environmental conditions at the full label rate so that you get very high weed kill. Why do you think that there is a bit of misconception about rates? Is it because there's not an understanding of the science you've just explained then, do you think? Yes, I do think so. There can be a temptation to cut rates because obviously some herbicides are expensive and users can think, well, if I I can get by with a lower rate, then they can save some money. And I, I say to them, that is false economy. We've got abundant evidence now, which we didn't have before. We've had to do the experiments. People like Michael Ashworth, it's a very good experiment It shows the damaging effect of cutting the rate. And so it's a false economy just to save money in the short term by cutting a rate of herbicide. The label recommended rate is arrived at for a whole combination of reasons. And we shouldn't second guess that rate. Just like when we go to the doctor and they prescribe a medicinal drug such as an antibiotic or anything else, they tell us what rate we should use. When we get the pill from the pharmacist, it says take one pill a day. We should take that one full pill. We shouldn't cut it in half and take half a pill. And it's the same with the herbicide. Use the full label rate. And the other really interesting point which was made in the RE Insight was the unexpected cross-resistance with ALS herbicides. Could you explain what was going on there? In this work, Michael Ashworth started with a population of wild radish that was susceptible to all of the commonly used herbicides. And then over four generations of low-dose 2,4-D selection, it was resistant to 2,4-D. But surprisingly, it was also resistant, so what we call cross-resistance, also resistant to the widely used uh, herbicide chlorsulfuron, which is called Glean and other other names as well now, but chlorsulfuron, there was uh, a level, not high, but a level of cross-resistance to chlorsulfuron. Now, we, we, we can have hypotheses about why it, how it is resistant to chlorsulfuron, but right now we've not done the experiments. We will do them to try to establish how it is that the plants can be simultaneously resistant to 2,4-D and chlorsulfuron when they were never selected with chlorsulfuron and initially susceptible. But right now we don't know how that is at the mechanistic level. But what we do know is it's further evidence of don't cut the rate. Because not only did we select uh, resistance to 2,4-D, but we selected resistance to chlorsulfuron. So it's yet another reason why you should not cut the rate. 2,4-D people would be familiar with from quite some time ago. It's an old herbicide. Why was the study conducted on this herbicide? 
Yeah, so 2,4-D has been around since 1950 or so, and it's still in a very widespread use, but uh, as you say, is, is an old herbicide. It's going through somewhat of a renaissance, especially with the uh, development in mainly in the US, but North and South America, of crops that are genetically engineered to be resistant to 2,4-D and to dicamba. That has meant changes in formulation of 2,4-D. In fact, better formulations of 2,4-D that drift less than 2,4-D has traditionally done. Uh, New formulations of 2,4-D, new uses with GM uh, crops that are resistant to 2,4-D and dicamba, and, and therefore it's a herbicide going through a renaissance. So we thought with the definite increase in use in North America that these technologies are likely to flow to Australia, we should set about doing this work now in Australia. So we would have um, evidence when and if they come, as some of the new formulations of 2,4-D are coming. And well, what we know in this bit of work is, even if we get new formulations of 2,4-D, don't cut the rate of them. Use them at the full label rate. The message is loud and clear, isn't it, Steve? Thank you very much for having a chat with me. Yes, it is. Thank you, Jessica.